Happy overreaction NFL Monday. This is the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, and I'm your host, Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered for the next three hours up until noon eastern time here on the grid so much to get to after this weekend slate of games we're going to talk nfl we've got college football major league baseball this is the final week of the regular season and there are divisions and wild card spots on the line we're going to have great guests as always to join us including dr david chow of profootballdoc.com coming up in hour number two we love to call this mri monday Yet everyone knows it as Overreaction Monday. Ben Stevens, my co-host, time to overreact with me for the next three hours. I hope you had a profitable weekend, though. It was a great weekend. College football, Arkansas, Moneyline, Sprinkle. We can talk about that in just a little bit. Yesterday across the NFL, should we react overall, Ariel, to the NFC championship picture? And if it looks a little bit different after our final two games yesterday on a Sunday. Not only the battle out at SoFi Stadium between the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but last night on Sunday Night Football, also on the West Coast, the Niners and the Packers. And even 37 seconds and no timeouts is too much time left for Aaron Rodgers. Do we need to change up who should be the favorite for the NFC championship after yesterday's week number three slate across the NFL? Maybe that's where we start our overreaction on this Monday. The Tampa Bay, uh, excuse me, the Tampa Bay, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Tampa Bay Bucks 34 to 24. And this was a Rams team that the line flipped on. The Rams were favored at minus one and a half on the look ahead line. However, after the week two results, the Rams end up becoming home dogs at plus one and a half. Yet the number really never changed. Across the board, there were a couple of plus ones. However, it really was plus one and a half. This total also goes over 55 and a half ends up at 58. It was an amazing performance by the quarterback of the Rams, Matt Stafford. He was able to just take the spotlight away from Tom Brady, who is quote unquote, the goat. Matt Stafford threw for 343 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Stafford is just the third quarterback to have a four touchdown, zero interception game when starting against Tom Brady. The other two, Drew Brees, who did it twice, and Alex Smith. Ben, how much does this game prove to you that the Rams are not only playoff contenders, not only divisional winner contenders, Super Bowl contenders? Oh, they certainly are, Ariel. If they can continue to play the way they have through these first three weeks and the defense continues to get better, and then you have Matthew Stafford at the helm of this Sean McVay offense, it's almost playing out like how we expected it to play out in the offseason throughout training camp and in the preseason. Matthew Stafford now at the reins of this Rams offense, capable of doing what he was unable to do in Detroit. You couple that with what I still think is a really good Los Angeles defense as well with studs like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And I think you have the makeup of a Super Bowl contender in the truest sense of the word. And Ariel, right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, no NFC Championship odds out, which kind of stinks because of the four teams that we had in action, the four favorites as of yesterday entering Sunday's NFL slate. But you can look at the Super Bowl market right now. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the second shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. It would be back-to-back for the Bucs. They are at plus 650. The Rams right now are tied with the Buffalo Bills for the third shortest odds to win the Super Bowl this season at plus 
950. The Rams ahead of where the Green Bay Packers are at 12 to 1, ahead of where the Niners are at 15 to 1. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, the first hour of the morning after on an overreaction Monday to the NFL. I am Ben Stevens. She is Ariel Epstein, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. So, Ariel, the FanDuel Sportsbook is indicating the Rams are a bona fide Super Bowl contender, and their odds continue to get shorter. You could also look at the NFC West. What is the best division in football? What has been so jam-packed? The Rams were not the favorites entering the season, but they currently are at plus 115, the shortest number by far we have seen on anybody right now in the NFC West. The Rams are 3-0, the Bucks 2-1, only under other undefeated teams, Vegas, Arizona, and Denver. Now, the Sunday night game last night, Green Bay ends up upsetting the 49ers, winning 30-28. The Packers were plus three, three and a half, and the total, 50 and a half, ends up going over at 58. Now, the Packers were down by one with 37 seconds left in the game. Everyone's saying, oh, it's too much time for Aaron Rodgers. Well, the amazing part of it all is that there were no timeouts left for the Packers to use. Aaron Rodgers ends up driving the team not only into Justin Tucker field goal range where the Ravens got to, where Justin Tucker kicks his 66-yarder. Yeah, I threw that in there. The the Packers only ended up needing Mason Crosby to kick a 54-yarder, which if you need someone who's any close to clutch like Justin Tucker, it's Mason Crosby, the kicker for the Packers. It was a no-brainer. He kicks it right through, and the Packers end up winning by two points. This was a huge win for the Packers. They now end up at 2-1, and one, and the 49ers also now at 2-1. and one. The Packers needed this one, Ben. They needed the comeback, but it's amazing to think that Aaron Rodgers, after the week one loss and blowout to the New Orleans Saints, that they were still booked as not only a dog, but a dog by over a field goal against San Francisco. Green Bay is going to be just fine. You look at the connection right now between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Two completions to Devontae on that final drive. 37 seconds, no timeouts, and a game-winning field goal for the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay right now, Ariel, minus 490 to win the NFC North, the longest odds in anybody's favor to win a single division across the entire FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm not sold on their defense. But coming up next, we're going to go more around the league to some NFL games that really helped the betters last night. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. There were a few games yesterday in the NFL. I'm sitting there on my bet, sweating it out. I know that other people on other sides were too. One of those games was the Baltimore Ravens. 
the Baltimore Ravens end up beating the Detroit Lions by a very small margin of 19 to 17. The Ravens were heavily favored in the game. It moved from nine and a half on the look ahead line to seven and a half. Yet that was the perfect spot for teasers. People were teasing the Ravens down to a minus one and a half in a six point teaser. People were putting money line parlays with the Baltimore Ravens in it. The Ravens end up getting the win with a 66 historic field goal by Justin Tucker, the MVP of the Baltimore Ravens, who saves the day on a third straight week where the Ravens send me to nearly the grave. And I just looked at this one, Chris Cummings, Chris, uh, Chris Cummings, 23 on Twitter. He posted out this parlay that he had. It was a nine leg parlay where a $15 payout got him just over $2,200 because he ends up hitting the Ravens money line in his nine leg parlay. There are probably so many instances where this happened in sports books, whether it was those teasers and parlays, Ben, Justin Tucker saving the day, not only for the Ravens, for the betters as well. And Chris Cummings, 23, probably thought that the Ravens over the Lions on a money line parlay was going to be one of his easiest bets on an NFL Sunday. Baltimore is seven and a half point favorite entering Detroit yesterday. A nine leg parlay, trusting the leg of Justin Tucker. You see what I did there. What a historic day for Thank you very much. What a historic day for kickers, by the way, across the National Football League. Of course, it got capped off last night. Mason Crosby over a 50-yarder for the win. Justin Tucker, the longest NFL field goal in history for the win as time expired. 66 yards. Now, Ariel, through three weeks of this season, we have 10 field goals that have been made in the last 10 seconds of regulation or overtime. 10 go-ahead field goals in those final 10 seconds. That is the most in a three-week span, the first three weeks of the season since the NFL merger in 1970. What a week for kickers. We also had a kick six in Jacksonville. <laughs> so many things revolving around the kicking game yesterday. Oh, my God. They got Auburn in a big way, and Gus Johnson almost lost his mind down there in Jacksonville, Florida. But it was incredible theater what was also great for the Baltimore Ravens, throw away the maybe delay a game call that was missed by NFL officiating, a fourth and 19 from Baltimore's own 16-yard line to prolong that drive and allow Justin Tucker even the opportunity to hit that 66-yarder. I thought one of the coolest things yesterday, if you were watching Sunday Night Football during the halftime breakdown, looking back at some of the highlights from week three of the NFL Sunday, was Drew Brees pointing out Justin Tucker did a crow hop Heading into that 66-yarder, it's like an outfielder trying to throw a strike to get a runner at home. You need to build up some of that momentum. That's what Justin Tucker did yesterday. Just enough to get over that crossbar and good for the 66-yarder to win. By the way, we always say here on this show, good teams win, great teams cover. Baltimore is 2-1 and one straight up, 1-2 one and two against the spread. The Lions, 0-3, oh winless straight up, but 2-1 and one against the spread so far this season. So Dan Campbell... He's putting a little bit of that enthusiasm into this Detroit Lions team, and at least they're covering against the spread in two of their three games so far. I do feel bad for Lions fans, and I admit, even as a Ravens fan, it should have been a delay of game. Let's talk about that kick six. The Cardinals end up beating the Jaguars 13-19. didn't matter that the Jaguars send back the kick six and they ran it in for a touchdown because they won missed the extra point Two, the Cardinals still covered by seven and a half and the total which opened at 49 closed at 51 and a half it ends at 50 so that one all depended on where you got it the Jaguars team total was 21 Ben and I've been I tweeted this out last night 
I said, all I have to do is just continue to parlay the Jaguars and the Jets team total unders, and I'll probably have a really profitable NFL season. The 21 for the team total dropped to as low as a 13 mid-game. I checked it live at halftime. The Jaguars did have 13 points at halftime. They led 13-7 because of the kick six, and then Arizona just continued to roll after that in the second half, Ben. Arizona, one of five remaining unbeatens across the NFL. Two of those teams taking place in the NFC West. Arizona, plus 350 now to win the NFC West division with the second longest odds. They are minus 150, Ariel, to make the postseason. But let's focus on the bad. We have been on the bad of the Jacksonville Jaguars since the (laughs) early portion of this summer. And the New York Jets, also not great. Oh, we are going well, 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 well below that team total team win total for the Jags at six and a half again we talked about the alternate team win total of four and a half but you mentioned how profitable looking to the unders of these two teams might be both rank in the bottom six in scoring offense across the entire NFL Jacksonville sixth worst at only 17.7 points per game the New York Jets dead last in the NFL in scoring under seven points per game so far oh It has been absolutely brutal. And, of course, what do these two teams have in common? Rookie quarterbacks picked number one overall in Trevor Lawrence and number two overall in Zach Wilson. It has also been a struggle for rookie quarterbacks across the NFL as well. But you will find a ton of profitability looking to the under of the Jags team totals and the New York Jets team and game totals, Ariel, because the New York Jets, all three of their games hitting to the under by almost 13 points per game on average to the under, again, the New York Jets, dead last in the NFL in scoring offense, only 6.7 points per game. You mentioned the rookie starting quarterbacks. They are 1-10 in 10 so far this season. You've got Trevor Lawrence 0-3, Zach Wilson 0-3, Justin Fields 0-1, Mac Jones 1-2 with a win over Wilson, and then Davis Mills 0-1. Ben, what is going on with these rookie quarterbacks, Mr. College Football? I mean, it is ugly to see right now. Not great situations for anybody. Here's some of the stats that we have seen on these rookie QBs so far. Trevor Lawrence, two more interceptions yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals. He has thrown seven interceptions in three games so far, at least two picks in every game. You look at Zach Wilson, also has been turning the ball over a ton so far. 19 of 35 yesterday for only 160 yards against the Denver Broncos. Two more interceptions. He like Trevor Lawrence, has thrown seven interceptions so far this year. Of course, Justin Fields did not look great yesterday, but that offensive line is abysmal, allowing nine sacks, the most sacks in an NFL game in the past five years. Matt Nagy needs to go. He cannot utilize anything offensively that Justin Fields wants to do. Six of 20, 68 yards. Ariel, I'm not sure if you saw this stat. Chicago had 47 yards of total offense yesterday. 47 yards of total offense. They averaged 1.1 yards per play. That is the second fewest amount in the NFL in this century dating back to 2000. That was how bad what Chicago tried to do yesterday offensively looked. With one field goal. Yeah. One field goal. Certainly did. Certainly did. One boot of the leg, and he was better. Mac Jones yesterday also struggling against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, by the way, the fourth-best scoring defense in the NFL so far this year. I think we need to give New Orleans a little bit of credit. That was a huge overreaction from a dud that New Orleans laid in week number two. Being the underdog yesterday in Foxborough seemed too good to be true. And, of course, the Saints winning outright against the Pats. 
Saints plus three. The total 43 and a half stays under yet again against the Patriots. Patriots under has been profitable this year. 41 is where it lands. 28-13, that final score. The Saints defense got back Marshawn Lattimore, which was huge considering he he missed week two. That secondary gained so much help with Lattimore out there. Mac Jones, one of eight. For 17 passing yards and an interception on, or uh, yeah, 17 passes and an interception throws 15 plus yards downfield in the first half. He was nine of 11 for 86 passing yards on shorter throws. Uh, of the seven deep completions, four were due to overthrows. This is amazing, though, Ben. We have the New England Patriots off a loss, welcoming in Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off a loss. The Bucks. Five and a half point road favorites going back to Foxborough for Tom Brady. How amazing, by the way, did you see it? The trailer with Adele singing, <laughs> hello, it's me. It was amazing. Great job. Oh, it was incredible. It was so great. The stage is set. Tampa Bay, five and a half point road favorites next Sunday night at Gillette. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be great. I can't wait to talk about that one. Coming up next, college football recaps from a gambling perspective. Go Razorbacks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on the morning after on sports grid it is sirius xm channel 204 with ben stevens i'm ariel epstein let's talk college football the new ap poll came out and alabama's still number one so no surprise but i want to match these up with how they look on the odds on the fanduel sportsbook so alabama's number one and they do have the shortest odds tied with georgia who's number two they're both plus 175 to win the college football championship then oregon in the odds is sitting at 16 to 1 and they are third in the ap poll Ohio State is still 16 to 1 in the odds, so they are tied with Oregon. However, Ohio State's not even in the top 10 for the AP poll. And then you look to Penn State, who slides into the four spot, and Penn State is 40 to 1, which is still the eighth shortest odds to win the national championship. Ben, how come we're seeing so much discrepancy between the AP the AP poll in their top 10 versus the FanDuel Sportsbook odds for essentially their top 10? Well, because the AP poll, in all actuality, does have influence on what the end-of-season rankings will look like, but then you switch it over to the CFP, College Football Playoff Committee, who ultimately determines who will be in the Final Four having a chance to win the CFP National Championship. So right now, I think the way that FanDuel has it booked surprisingly kind of makes sense because there's no conference odds up right now, but late last week, Despite Ohio State's struggles, and for a good majority of the first quarter, they struggled with Akron at home in Columbus on Saturday night as 50-point favorites. Ohio State was still the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference in the minus money category at minus 140. They will have a huge matchup against Penn State coming up at the end of next month, the end of October, Halloween weekend. But if you're still the favorite right now, despite one non-conference loss, to win the Big Ten, you have a better path 
to the college football playoff than does Penn State because if they don't win a Big Ten championship, they will not be in the college football playoff. So that's how the odds are correlated. But I think you're right in being able to point that out right now because as you look at the top five, Iowa and Penn State, Penn State ranks fourth, Iowa ranks fifth, 40-1 to right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the college football playoff national championship. The odds are so much shorter for the two teams that remain at the top of the AP poll and the national championship odds market in Alabama and Georgia at plus 175. I mean, look at the drop-off from the teams that are tied with the shortest odds at plus 175 to Oregon and Ohio State, who are tied for the third shortest odds. It's plus 175 to plus 1600. That is a huge drop-off now after only four weeks of this college football regular season. Look at other teams that fell out of the AP Top 5, the AP Top 10. Oklahoma dropping all the way down to 6th despite a last-second win over West Virginia. But when you're favored at home by 17.5 points and you need a final second field goal to beat West Virginia, you're going to slide a little bit in the rankings. You could look at Ohio State. Again, now outside of the Top 10, they did beat Akron 59-7, to but it was not pretty, and their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, did not play. They also had Kayvon Pope leave and quit mid-game and then tweet in the third quarter that Ohio State sucks. Whole big weird things happening in Columbus right now. Of course, Clemson falling almost out of the AP Top 25, still ranked 25th in the country, but Clemson losing to NC State in a huge upset for the Wolfpack at home on Saturday. They then stormed the field. NC State winning 27-21 to in overtime. Ariel, look at this. DJ Uyungongalele, right? who is the quarterback, also the leading rusher for Clemson so far this season and on Saturday. Outside of what DJU did, only 214 yards of total offense for Clemson. NC State now ranked 23rd, Clemson ranked 25th. Clemson now has no shot, in my opinion, of making the college football playoff. Two losses, including one in the ACC. So the Tigers out of consideration for the CFP, the first time they will miss the CFP in the last couple of seasons. But that's how everything is correlated when you look at the AP poll in the top five, also the national championship odds as well. Yeah, no wiggle room, especially after losing to Georgia week one. You knew that they had to pretty much run the table on their own, and they just couldn't get the job done as a 10-point favorite against the NC State Wolfpack. The team we've got to give a lot of credit to, the sleeper team of the year so far, Arkansas. Not only did they cover a what opened as five and a half point spread, closed as a three and a half point spread, they also end up winning outright as a dog, beating Texas A&M 20 to 10. Now, Arkansas, four and zero this year, tied with Alabama for first place of the SEC West. Believe it or not, they moved up the most of anyone this week in the AP poll. They moved up eight spots and are now ranked number eight for their highest ranking in 10 years. Ben, what makes this Razorbacks team so good? Their ground game, 197 rushing yards in the star in Dallas on Saturday against Texas A&M. They're the eighth best rushing offense in the country, averaging 262 rushing yards per game. They had five guys on Saturday have six or more carries and go for really things that can spread out that Arkansas rushing offense. They also are a really good defense, top 10 in scoring defense right now, only allowing their opponents to average 14 and a half points per game but they are ranked eighth in the country eight spots moving up in the ap poll look at their national championship odds 
200 to one still behind <laughs> teams like UCLA in Washington. I mean, that is exactly where Arkansas finds themselves a little bit skeptical to me, but that is the daunting experience of playing in the SEC, especially in the SEC West right now, the division that Alabama has owned here in recent history. But Arkansas yeah. does deserve the credit right now, has been one of those surprising teams to now crack the top 10. They have looked so, so good in the ground game, really the reason why. K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, has been doing it both through the air and on the ground, a very balanced attack for him specifically. But Sam Pittman, a former offensive line coach, the head coach now for the Hogs, believes in establishing the run nearly 200 yards for the Razorbacks against the Aggies this past Saturday. But this upcoming Saturday, Ariel, we get yeah. to learn a little bit oh. more about oh. Arkansas. The Razorbacks on the road in Athens, taking on the number two ranked team in the country, Georgia. Right now, the Dogs, an 18 and a half point home favorite oh. against Arkansas on Saturday. Goes to show you just exactly, despite being ranked eighth in the country, where the book feels about where Arkansas is currently. That's what's so crazy, and going back to us talking about how the AP poll connects to the odds, you look at someone who's Georgia plus 175 to win the Natty, then you've got a 200 to 1 on Arkansas. You've got to look at Arkansas's schedule. So, yeah, like currently it makes sense that they are ranked in the eighth spot in the AP poll. They're undefeated, 4-0, big wins. They beat Texas, who's ranked. They beat Texas A&M, who's ranked. Yet now they go on the road to Georgia. Then they go on the road to 12th-ranked Ole Miss. Then they go have to host Auburn, who's ranked 22nd. They still go to LSU, who's coming off a big win. And then they close out the second to last week of the season. They do get to go to Alabama and Tuscaloosa. It's a really tough schedule for Arkansas. I feel terrible for their fans because right now you're just riding this high. However, you are just in the worst possible division in all of college football to have to be in bed. Yeah, it's so brutal to play in the SEC West. And when one of your crossovers with the East happens to be the number two team in the country in Georgia, Ugh. who might be the favorite to win the national championship currently tied for the shortest odds with Alabama. Yeah, that's a pretty difficult stretch. And you mentioned those three huge games at Georgia, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. All of those on the road. That stinks for the Razorbacks, but if they can pull off a couple of upsets, who knows? Those odds to win the national championship are going to get drastically cut in half and shorter and shorter by the week. We'll see exactly what happens this week in Athens against Georgia. 18 and a half points for a team that loves to keep the ball on the ground and try to dominate time of possession against a really good Georgia defense. We'll see just exactly how close the Hogs can keep it on Saturday against the Georgia Bulldogs. It is a huge week, though, Ariel, really across college football. A lot of the conference schedule getting underway this weekend. We've had a couple of one-off conference games, but now we're getting into the conference slate through and through through the rest of this college football season. In that SEC West, Alabama taking on Ole Miss as well. The Crimson Tide, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite over Ole Miss who is coming off a bye week. All the preparation for Lane Kiffin and the Rebs has been for this game against the Crimson Tide. Bama, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite at home, hosting Ole Miss on Saturday. One thing to note about the SEC, because it will come up time and again throughout this season, Ariel, Nick Saban has never lost to a former assistant coach. Lane Kiffin, a former assistant in Alabama under Nick Saban. Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, they might meet in the SEC championship game, a former assistant under Nick Saban. It is going to be an incredible week in the SEC, really across college football. 
It's crazy. That line in certain places in Vegas opened at 17 and a half. There were some odds makers that spoke out about how they were only receiving one-way action as soon as those lines dropped. It was all taking the points with Ole Miss. We'll see. We'll see how good Ole Miss really is. There's one more game that was really big, had major implications this past weekend, and that was Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat Wisconsin 41-13. In fact, Notre Dame actually pulled the upset. It was plus six and a half as Notre Dame went into Wisconsin. Excuse me, this game was played at Soldier Field. Now, Notre Dame scored 31 points in the fourth quarter to stay undefeated. They ranked ninth in the country at 4-0. Then neutral site, Soldier Field in Chicago, and Notre Dame just pulls it out. It was close at first, but then it was just like a really boring game, and all of a sudden Notre Dame's offense picked up in the fourth. It was a wild number. Wisconsin was laying five and a half on the opening line. It never made sense and then somehow worked in the favor of the Badgers. I almost talked myself into making a pick on Wisconsin because of their rushing attack. Thankfully, I did not. You mentioned that Notre Dame defense. Notre Dame was down 13 to 10 to start out the fourth quarter. Then a 96-yard kickoff return, two pick sixes as well down the stretch there against Graham Mertz, who looked awful on Saturday at Soldier Field. Notre Dame now 12 to 1, or excuse me, 60 to 1 with the 12th shortest odds to win the national championship. That defense, a big reason why for the Fighting Irish. A huge game against Cincinnati this weekend, Ariel, as well. This is a huge week in Major League Baseball. It's the last week of the regular season. Stay on the grid for an update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. So much to recap from the weekend. We had the NFL, college football. Now we enter the final week of the Major League Baseball regular season. The National League wildcard race was really hot about a week ago. However, it's only one team that's left that's hot, and that's the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are now on a 16-game winning streak. They beat the Chicago Cubs 4-2 yesterday. It was St. Louis minus 146 on the money line. The Cardinals are the first National League team to win 16 straight games since the New York Giants in 1951. The Cards now have a six-game lead over the Reds and the Phillies for the final National League wildcard spot. Ben, how on earth do you win 16 straight Major League Baseball games? Honestly, I have no idea. Baseball is the most random sport there is that on any day during any summer month throughout any portion of the regular season, a team that's like a plus 225 underdog can win a game just because it's starting pitching matchups, it's weather factors, it's who's in the lineup for respective sides on each and every single day. So the fact they've won 16 straight at this time of the year to surge into the National League playoff picture, have a six-game lead, but that second and final NL wildcard spot is one of the most impressive things I have seen in recent memory in Major League Baseball. Six-game lead over the Reds and the Phillies. Only 13 games back now of the L.A. Dodgers. 
for that top spot in the National League wild card race. St. Louis 12 to 1 to win the National League pennant. They were 55 to 1 Ariel just about a week and a half ago. Last Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago, I should say, St. Louis was 55 to 1 to win the National League pennant. And now, after 16 straight wins, they are 12 to 1 to win the National League pennant. We'll discuss those odds in just a moment as we look at the National League playoff picture overall because we have to factor in the Dodgers and the Giants. But it's just an indication of how hot the Redbirds have been, all coming at the perfect point of this Major League Baseball season down the home stretch. Yeah, you just got to hope that they don't continue to win, 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 and they hit the wild card game against the Dodgers yeah. or the Giants and lose. The San Francisco Giants did beat the Colorado Rockies 6-2 to yesterday. It was minus 168 on the money line for the Giants to do so. The Giants swept the Rockies. Now, even though the Dodgers took two out of three against the Diamondbacks this weekend, it doesn't matter because the Giants were always a one game better and they sweep the Rockies this weekend. Now the Giants have a two-game lead into the National League West with two series to go, Ben. Yeah, and it's been incredibly impressive what the Giants have done to continue to win baseball games. And going to Coors Field in Denver, Colorado is never easy to win baseball games. So the Giants pulling off a huge sweep, a two-game lead in that National League West. These two records for the Giants and the Dodgers. San Francisco has now won 102 games. The Dodgers <laughs> at that century mark of 100. This is the so two unfair. Best records. I mean, it's ridiculous, really. The two best records in all major have to play baseball. a wild card game. Come on. It is pretty crazy. It is crazy, and that's just how it's worked out this year in the National League West. At least the Cardinals are really good right now, so that National League wildcard game between most likely the Dodgers and the Cardinals should be a lot of fun. You hope St. Louis has not peaked and continues to play their best team. baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. It's a, it's a tough spot for either of these two teams to be in, but... That's the reality of the situation, unfortunately, when you do it by division winners and not just overall seeds throughout the National League League throughout the National League. So I think right now when you're looking at the Giants and the Dodgers, the Giants, a two game lead in the NL West Ariel, and their odds are as long as we have seen all year long to win the NL West on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Giants minus three ninety, the Dodgers plus 300 a two-game lead with six games left you might think the Dodgers have a chance of surmounting the Giants for that top spot in the NOS but I think the schedule sets up a tad more favorably for the San Francisco Giants both of these two teams have their final six games at home San Francisco hosts Arizona and San Diego Arizona has the worst road record in all of Major League Baseball the Padres just six and 15 in the month of September the Dodgers also host the Padres in one of their final two series again the Padres have lost 13 of their last 16 games they have now been eliminated from any contention in the National League postseason then the Dodgers end with a home series against the Milwaukee Brewers, which will be interesting, Ariel, because we just flashed those odds to win the National League pennant, those outright odds at the moment. The Dodgers, despite being the underdogs in the National League West, are the favorites to win the NL pennant at plus 155. The Giants plus 290. The Brewers, the third shortest odds at plus 320. The Braves, who are minus 550 to win the National League East, are plus 800 to win the NL pennant right now. And then you see the Cardinals there who have won 16 straight games at 12 to one. So that is how the National League postseason picture looks as we go to the final two series of this Major League Baseball season. The Brewers did clinch their division yesterday. And this is what's going to make the end of the year really interesting. You've got a few division winners that are going to be facing teams looking to either win their division or even get into the wild card spot. 
for example, the last series is the Dodgers and the Brewers. How much do the Dodgers care about the Do or how much do the Brewers care about the Dodgers? Well, the Dodgers are into the wild card spot no matter what because they have a 13 and a half game lead into it. However, how much do the Brewers really play hard? Then you've got the Padres who are eliminated. How much do they really play hard? And that's going to be the issue when it comes down to the Dodgers and the Giants in the last series, if that's where this comes down to. Now, as you mentioned, Arizona-San Diego for San Francisco. Arizona still has been playing tough baseball, and they just got the Dodgers, who only won 3 nothing. Now, it's a win, and it's baseball, yet I'm very interested to see how this all shapes out. I have a hunch that it's going to be the Giants. I kind of hope it is. I just do feel bad for any team that goes into this wild card game. The Dodgers don't deserve to be in a wild card game. The National League East winner deserves to be in a wild card game. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're really hot right now. And if all of this is for nothing because they lose in the wild card game against the second best team in baseball, it's just crushing. We should replace the National League West second place winner with the National League East division winner and just swap the two because that's where they both deserve to be. Now, the other wild card picture that's going to be that's going to have major implications for the next couple of series is the American League. The American League East has two teams, three teams, excuse me, fighting for a wild card spot. You've got the Yankees, who now just swept the Boston Red Sox with a 6-3 win yesterday. Yankees were minus 108 on the money line. The Yankees sweep the Red Sox. They take a one-game lead into the number one spot in the wild card. The Red Sox behind them, and the Jays only a game behind them. And then it's pretty close after that, too, because you have the Mariners two games back of the second spot and Oakland three games back of the second spot. The Yankees do have to face Toronto and Tampa Bay for their final two series, where the Red Sox only have to face the Orioles and the Nationals in their final two series. Ben, the Yankees still have a tough road ahead for the next six games. A very, very tough road ahead. Five teams separated by just three games right now in contention for those two American League wildcard spots. And red alert, sound the sirens, because right now, we have make playoff odds up on the FanDuel oh, Sportsbook maybe. for the American League wildcard race. We are not sure how long they will be up there, so let's quickly go through them, Ariel. Boston right now, who is the second and final AL wildcard team if the season ended today at minus 500. The Yankees have mm -hmm. the longest odds to make the postseason currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook at minus 550. The Toronto Blue Jays, a very intriguing plus money price of plus 180 because Toronto and New York start this series tomorrow that is going to decide in my mind one of the two spots in the american league wild card in that wild card game and at plus 180 right now for the blue jays who get the yankees at home maybe the favor is there for toronto at plus 180 a much better price than the yankees at minus 550 in that three game set most likely decides at least one of the final AL wildcard spots. You mentioned Boston's remaining opponents, the Nationals and the Orioles. That is a gift. Toronto also ends the year with a series against the Baltimore Orioles. So still a much more favorable schedule for both the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The question will be, Ariel, how invested are the Tampa Bay Rays who have clinched the AL East against the New York Yankees in that final series of this Major League Baseball season. Could that be a blessing for the Yankees in disguise if Tampa Bay rests a lot of their key contributors? Maybe so. So it will be an incredibly, incredibly fascinating final two series of this Major League Baseball season. The National League wildcard race for a time looked like it was going to be exciting. It no longer is. 
St. Louis virtually has clinched that second and final NL wildcard spot. They have a better than 99.9% chance of making the postseason. But the American League is where it gets very, very interesting. And you can look at those make playoff odds right now. Maybe find some value. The Yankees minus 550. The Red Sox minus 500. No value there. But the Toronto Blue Jays, the FanDuel Sportsbook, I think giving you a very good price at plus 180 at the moment. Yeah, I'm just going to try bet two for the next three games. We're going to just have both these games, all three of these games decided by two runs or less. That's just the way that the Yankees and Jays series rolls. Now, as for the Tampa Bay Rays, I mentioned this to you last week. My dad and I actually were fighting over it uh, yesterday. I said, what do the Rays do? Do they not care because they're already in the playoffs, clinch the division, just kind of coast through the last three days? Or do they really hate the Yankees enough, especially Kevin Long, a former Yankees coach or uh, on the staff? Do they really want to get the Yankees out of the playoffs? Are they going to play hard? Are they going to throw out everybody? Or are they just going to say, whatever, it is what it is. You guys beat up on each other in the wild card game, and we'll see you later on in the playoffs. What do you think, Ben? Well, that's a very interesting point, Ariel, because Tampa Bay right now, who should be the top team in the American League postseason picture, having that number one overall seed, if you will, will play the winner in the DS, in the ALDS of that American League wild card game. So who do they want to play in that American League divisional series? Do they want to play the New York Yankees, who have won six straight games at the moment? Do they want to play the Toronto Blue Jays? They have the ability, if they hammer down on the Yankees, to have the Blue Jays in there maybe against the Boston Red Sox. So I think Tampa will be very cognizant. Yeah, go ahead. Here's the question that I was talking to my dad about. Do you want to face the Yankees' bats or the Jays' pitching? I would rather face – I honestly, at right now, I like what Toronto is doing a little bit more consistently than I do the New York Yankees. So if I'm Tampa, I think I would – what I'm saying, though, I, now let me flip that. What I think, honestly, I think Tampa would probably rather play Toronto just because the Blue Jays are still such a young and inexperienced team in these positions. If the Yankees get to the postseason and they get out of that wild card game and they now have you for a full series, that is going to be a lot more difficult, at least in my mind, than the Toronto Blue Jays. I would rather see the Blue Jays in the postseason, and frankly, I think Toronto will be one of those two AL wildcard teams. That's why I love the plus 180. But I think if you're looking at it from Tampa's perspective, you would rather see the Blue Jays, who are not as experienced, and more of a sparky young side as opposed to the Yankees, who were supposed to be here all along. And when you have guys doing what Giancarlo Stanton is doing right now, that's a very strong side to go up against in a full American League Divisional Series. Yeah, Giancarlo Stanton, we didn't even mention him yet. Against the Red Sox in the last three games, 7 of 13, 10 RBI, and three home runs. Just unbelievable. He's up there on the list with McNantle, Gehrig, and Ruth as the only other players in Yankees history to do that against the Boston Red Sox in a single series. Ridiculous. Now, the problem is the Yankees did have a big injury yesterday. Even though he'll probably play the Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge, dislocated his pinky finger sliding in to uh, steal a base. And it just wasn't, even though he was able to pop it back in, he came in the game, he high-fived Stanton after the home run, it's going to play a factor when Judge is trying to bat. And that's what I'm a little nervous about for the Yankees after yesterday's win. Now, coming up next, we are going to close out our number one with our Fade the Public poll. We're going back to the NFL. We've got to see how many of you overreacted to what happened this weekend. You're listening here on Sirius XM, Channel 204 of the Sports Grid Network.
loser. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on the morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. The poll today was about reacting to what happened yesterday between two of the bigger games, one in prime time and the other one was in the four o'clock slate. However, who do you believe is going to win the NFC Championship? Is it the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, or other? The Public is all over the Rams. 56% of them say that the Rams are winning the NFC Championship this year. Ben, are you fading the public? I am fading the public. It's such a public answer to see the Fox game of the week or whatever it was with the Rams at home against the reigning Super Bowl champions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look good. They're like, yeah, the Rams are going to win it now. It's week three. I have said prior to the year, my Super Bowl pick was the Green Bay Packers. When we did our preseason predictions, Ariel, right before that game one opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys, I had the Packers meeting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the Packers ultimately winning the Super Bowl in what might be the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. After week number one, I think a lot of people jump ship off of Green Bay. I think last night against the San Francisco 49ers shows the Packers are going to be A-OK. So my pick is still the Green Bay Packers to win the NFC Championship, who are right now 12-1 to to win the Super Bowl, the third shortest odds of any NFC team to win the Super Bowl currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm with you. Here's the thing. I love the Rams. They looked awesome against Tampa Bay. The handicap was pretty much that Brady was it, it was an overreaction line considering Brady was up against two of the worst defenses in football, the Cowboys and the Falcons, now making his first trip to L.A. ever in his career, having to go up against what was considered a top five defense across the board last year in the Rams. Oh, and there's the defensive player of the year multiple times, Aaron Donald, just coming at you and trying to concuss you. Yeah, Tom Brady was under pressure and he lost yesterday. I'm not overreacting, though. The Rams are great. I just am not totally sold that they will win the NFC Championship. I like your pick of the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is an underdog throughout the season. I'll buy it. Hour two. I'm next. spot a sports gaming winner they can listen to us don't rely on luck get the expert information you need the winning edge